Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, the theme of the night was cheated, which means there could be some, oh, adult themes in these episodes. Anyway, get ready for Scott Rose to share what passive aggressiveness gets you. Come from a very passive aggressive family, and unfortunately, I am no exception to that rule. So, I was trained in the dark arts by uh, by my mother, who I love dearly, um, but is a woman whose response to "Hey, mom, I'm gay" was, "Would someone please pass the mashed potatoes?" <laughs> And so I grew up pretty much that way my entire life, realizing, you know, we can avoid contact. That's probably best. I also really learned hostility. Um, And the second thing that I really had growing up, when kids my age were watching Family Matters and all that kind of stuff on TGIF or SNCC, if anybody in here remembers that. Okay. I was watching Melrose Place. Um, So in 1992, when that started, I was nine So I grew up with a very passive-aggressive family and mother, and I also grew up watching Melrose Place. So I learned to be hostile and avoid conflict, and I also learned how to do it in a super bitchy way Um, and would learn later on that the slutty stuff also would kind of come into play a bit later. So um, if you never watched Melrose Place, basically the whole premise was a nighttime soap opera, um, a bunch of... 20-somethings, women were the ones that I was interested in for obvious reasons. I wanted to be one, I guess. So the whole premise was bitchy women sleeping with a bunch of people with tiny skirts, hence the tiny shorts. This all comes together in the end. Um, Some type of statement top, the polka dots, and then, of course, fantastic shoes. We have the vans. So this is how I grew up. This is how I am. So I take all of that with me, obviously, into my adulthood, into my 20s. And I ended up in a very long-term relationship. Uh, We started dating when I was 21. We stopped dating when I was almost 28. So it was a good seven years, most of them awful um, and tragic in many, many ways. But one of the things that I learned throughout this relationship was that one of us was having sex on a regular basis. I was not that one. And whereas I guess most people would just go ahead and have that conversation, have that argument, get over that conflict, that's not how I was raised. So I am the I'm fine person. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. What's wrong? I said I'm fine. Leave me Alone, can't you tell that I'm fine? (laughs) You guys, if I say that to you, I am not fine. I am the type of person who, if you take me somewhere that I don't like, or feed me something that I don't like, or do something that I don't like, my passive aggressive response is going to be, Wow, that's interesting. So it's kind of a blood sport to me, but it is what it is. Nonetheless, so instead of just taking care of this issue head on, I can feel you're cheating on me. I know you're cheating on me. Because if you've ever been cheated on, you know something is going on. And, of course, it makes you the crazy person. 
And I'm already crazy. I don't need more crazy piled on top of it. So I had put a key logger on my laptop. If you don't know what a key logger is, you can put it on there, and it will tell you all of the keystrokes anybody ever types. So instead of just having the conversation or asking the question or throwing it out there, Passive-aggressively, I just throw something onto the laptop so I know what you're doing and when you're doing it. That's how I found the chemistry.com, the match.com, the uh, Adam for Adam account, and my favorite, the Craigslist account, which was particularly frightening. I also found the username and password to his Facebook. And I had gone on a trip, a work trip, about a week before I put the keylogger on. And when I came home, I logged in everything, I found anything, found everything, and I found his Facebook. And I found a Facebook message that basically stated that when I was gone from my home on a work trip in an apartment that I paid for, he had had someone over in my bed, in my home, cheating on me. Now, I knew I had to go on another trip to Dallas the following week. And so, again, normal people probably would just go, hey... I put a keylogger on my laptop. I found this. You slept with somebody while I was out of town. Not me. I get another member of my family who also excels at passive-aggressive behavior. And I say, I found out he cheated on me when I was in North Carolina. I have to go to Dallas. This is where the Melrose Place comes in. And so, therefore, I need revenge. To get back at him and to deal with this situation... I will cheat. I will cheat, and then I can prove that I'm just as good as you, if not better, and I have seen that guy's Facebook profile, and goddammit, I can do better than that. And so the plan starts getting together. I'm going to go to Dallas on this work trip. I could care less about the work trip, what's going on. The plan is I'm cheating. I'm cheating, I'm cheating, I'm cheating. Let's get everything together. What am I going to pack? What am I going to wear? What are we going to do? Okay. I get to Dallas. I'm staying at the Hilton Anatole, which is a massive hotel complex. And there's a small uh, area of the hotel with the atrium, which is about six floors. And then there's about a half a mile of hotel with restaurants and shops and all the other things, bars, anything you can think of. And then there's a massive tower, which is about 20 stories tall. So it's this huge complex that you don't have to leave to get anything. And so throughout the entire week, I am desperately trying to cheat. Now, I don't understand how it comes so easily to so many people because I literally had to put work into this. <laughs> I am not what I consider to be a naturally sexy type person. So I'm the funny guy. I'm the, haha, you're so funny. Look, a hot guy. That's how that works. <laughs> so I'm trying my damnedest. I'm, okay, what would they have done on Melrose Place? How do you do this? How do you get this done? So... We're there for four nights. The first night, I start slow. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm trying the breathy, hi, how are you? What's going on? I'm not in a relationship or anything. It's not a problem. I just, do you want to have a little bit of fun? It's not working. So I have more alcohol. Still not working. The second night, I'm a little bit more desperate. I'm texting back and forth um, with this family member of mine, my cousin. It's not working, it's not working. Okay, you, you've just, you've got to put it out there. Okay. So the second night, of course, we're all back down in the bar drinking after a long day, and I am doing my best to stand at the end of the bar. <laughs> Hi. I don't want this to be awkward or anything. 
how are you? I, don't I look luscious? This, this is what I'm trying to portray. It's not working. I'm basically, by the second night, I'm just kind of floating around trying to find someone who is willing to sleep with me while also having my self-worth kind of drop minute by minute by minute because I just can't get this done. Third night comes around. All right, let's, let's bring this up a notch. What do we do? What do we do? No, you've got to really put it out there. You've got to really want it. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I have... I have this blue shirt that I, I happen to think makes me look very good, brings out my eyes, makes me look younger or whatever it may be. And it kind of hides the, the gay fat because I was kind of chubby at the time. Um, and so I'm like, all right, this will work, this will work. And I, I learned to kind of stand in a way to where you couldn't see my stomach, but it popped my butt out a little bit. And I was doing this thing with my neck, so I looked young because... <laughs> Most of, the people, most of the people in my industry are much older than I am. I was, I was 26 at the time, I think, 25 or 26. So I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to bag an old gay, like, mm, look how young and virile I am. Not working. Still nothing. Now, I'm watching the people that I am attending the conference with all get laid and go back, and they're having great times, and I'm just going, what am I doing wrong? So the last night of the conference comes around, and I am dead set on getting this done. So I start the evening with shots. I need liquid courage. I still, to this day, need liquid courage to do just about anything. So we, we start with shots, and I decide I'm not eating anything. There will be no food. We can't have anything getting in the way of the alcohol. We will be strong and powerful. And so I'm going and going and I'm going and I'm drinking and I'm drinking and I'm drinking and I'm in this one particular bar and I'm basically just making my way around the bar. Just, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Anything that looks like it could possibly have sucked a dick at some point, I'm saying hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. But then I spot someone in the corner of the bar who looks like that person at the end of the night at a bar who's got that desperate crazy look in their eye like I'm going home with somebody tonight zeroing in you are my guy this is going to happen wasn't particularly attractive but at this point it really didn't matter it was the last night so I make my way over to the corner of the bar I'm trying to chat him up I'm trying to talk him up I'm trying to be you know sexy and so I'm like hey I've never been to Dallas before have you ever ridden a cow like I, this is not it's not working for me and somebody else comes from the other side of the bar clearly seeing that desperate look and they snatch him away i was like god damn it okay this is not going to happen so i am stumbling drunk pretty much at this point and i carry myself out to the front of the hotel outside and i'm talking to a friend of mine who's there and she's talking about this guy that she's about to go back upstairs with and i'm like this bitch okay fine whatever <laughs> Okay, so I'm smoking, I'm frustrated, I can't get this done. He's probably at home screwing somebody else right now, and I just can't get this done. I cannot close the deal. And then I hear it. Girl, please. (laughs) That's a gay. That is the call of a gay. There's a gay out here. There's a gay. And I turn... 
and there's this tall, he had to have been 6'4 or 6'5, just this tall, tall man with just the lispiest voice you've ever heard in your entire life. And I'm like, on it. Are we 100% sure maybe he's just one of those poor, unfortunate, straight guys who just... (laughs) I'm sorry if that's you. I feel very badly for you. But I look... And he's also got the gesticulations going on as well. Oh, girl, please. Girl, please. Girl, please. Done. In. Got it. We're going. Sidle over. Sidle over. Sidle over. Hey, guys. So we've got the tall guy. And, of course, it's at the end of the evening. Everybody's drunk. So what is attached to him? Drunk white girl. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) We can play both. They're talking about food. And it hits me. This is my in. I can talk pancakes. I can talk pancakes. I'm drunk. There's nothing more that I want in the life right now than pancakes and dick. I can get both done at one time. (laughs) Guys, I know there's a pancake place like a half a mile down. I can get a taxi. I'll pay for it. We'll go together. It'll be a great time. Drunk white girl's like, yeah, oh my God, that sounds great. Tall gay's like, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Whatever, it's cool. Yeah. So we go. We're having pancakes. And I'm trying to chat him up. I'm trying to do my thing. I'm, I'm stumbling drunk, so God only knows what's coming out of my mouth right now. It's, it's pretty much probably just like, I'm super horny with pancakes. Let's have, make sex with each other. Yay. So I'm trying to talk to this guy, but drunk white girl is cock-blocking me like nothing I have ever encountered in my entire life. I have waited now three and a half days. This is the fourth day. I am not going to let this bitch get in my way. I have to deal with these girls at home. I'm not doing this here. So, of course, she, let's go somewhere else. Let's go. I, let's, I want more to drink. This would be so much fun. Oh, my God, you guys. No, 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 no. So I'm trying to get him back to the hotel, and I keep getting the shh, shh, wait, shh, from the white girl. White girl wasted. Okay, look, look here. I'm tired. We're going back to the hotel. There's a bar at the hotel, and we have half-priced drinks. Oh, my God, that's right. I totally forgot. Let's go. That's what I thought. Let's go. Come on, baby. Come on. So we're both carrying her out of the hotel, and the two of us are doing that look. The this is gonna happen look. So I'm very proud of myself. Like I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Sexy, sexy, while carrying wasted white girl. We get back to the hotel. She still wants to go drinking. No ma'am. No ma'am. This is not happening. I'm like, all right, sweet, I tell you what, I tell you what, let's get some drinks and we'll go back up to your room. Actually, you know what? You've got the mini bar in the room, let's have fun. There's no mini bar in the room. She doesn't know that because she's drunk. It's fine. I get her back up to her room, and I'm like, all right, you don't have a mini bar, but I do. You stay here, and I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> she tries to get whatever his face is. I don't remember his name. It's not important. Tries to get him to stay. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need some help because I can't really walk. I don't want one of the VPs to see me walking around. Okay, that, yeah, yeah, that. Okay, great. I'm glad we're in agreement. He tells me he's staying in the tower. I am not in the tower. So now I know not only am I going to cheat, but I'm going to cheat on the 20th floor of the tower. I can think of nothing more Melrose Place at this moment in time 
than me having a dangerous liaison with a tall drink of water on the 20th floor of a tower on a business trip in Dallas. I'm all in. So we're riding up the elevator, and I'm getting more and more nervous because now it's to the point where this is going to happen. I actually have to do something. I have to, I have to perform in some way, shape, or form, and I've got to get this done. <clears throat> so we're riding up, and he's you know, making small talk, and I you know, can't stand. It's sexy. And we <laughs> get up to the floor, and we get into the room, and um, you know, he, he asks if I want a nightcap, which again... Melrose Place, a nightcap? Like, nobody's ever asked me if I wanted a nightcap. I know what a nightcap means. That means we're going to have sex on a couch or something. It's going to be great. Um, so we have a drink, and I'm thinking to myself, what would they do on this show? How would this get going? How do I make a move? So I grab his shirt to pull him to me, because that's what a powerful, empowered woman would do, and that is what I am right now. <laughs> So I pull his shirt, and I pull three buttons off of the shirt, and I rip it. Not really working for me. So he kind of looks down, and he's like, oh, my God. Wow. All right. It's cool. And he leans in, but the problem is he's 6'4", and I am 5'7", and I have tiny legs. So I'm on my tippy toes trying to make out with this person and I'm drunk so naturally I fall down I fall down and I break a vase in the hotel room which crashes all over the tile floor this is not working for me at this point it's kind of like an obstacle course like I've gotten through the week I had to deal with white girl wasted I finally got her out of the way we're up to the 20th floor I am gonna get this and I'm breaking everything and ripping everything to shreds so finally he gets me onto the bed. And I'm like, all right, this will work. We'll figure out the height thing later, but we'll make this work. And so it starts getting kind of hot and heavy, and he's, he's kissing me, and he's touching me, and I'm, I'm doing my best. And I realize this is, it somehow doesn't feel right. Like, this, this is not what it feels like at home. This is not what it feels like with the person I'm in a relationship with. Of course, I'm the one of the two that goes, something's not right here. I have someone else's penis in my hand. This is, this is very odd. And so I kind of pull away, and I'm like, I, I'm kind of drunk. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. At which point, this six-foot-four man stands up and takes off his pants. I have seen a boa constrictor on television. <laughs> I've never seen one in person, nor have I ever seen anything that big since. And so what clicks in my head is nothing rational. It's the size queen in me, I guess, that goes, gotta have it. <laughs> Doing it. Everything else is out of my head. We're going. I'm, yep. So, like, Medal of Honor for me, I got through the obstacle course, and I got, I bagged the biggest fucking thing in the entire hotel. <laughs> and so, again, we're fooling around, and, and 
the joyous things that go along with that. And I get nervous again, and it doesn't feel right, and it, it, he doesn't smell the same, and he, he's whispering these drunken things in my ear that I'm not, like, one of them, something about being wet or moist, like, I don't remember. There is nothing in this world that I find more disgusting than the word moist, let alone when I'm not wearing anything and we're talking pubic region. Like, moist is not the word I want to hear or use. So I'm like, this is not right, it's not right. And I lose my heart on, which has never happened to me up to this point um, before. And so now I'm super nervous, and I, and I know I'm, like, really failing at this. And he kind of looks at me, and, you know, we both kind of look, down and it's just <laughs> clearly it's not working at this moment in time um, and I'm like I, I'm sorry I just I, let me just lay here for a minute and so I kind of turn over and he's on the 20th floor and he's, he's obviously got a, a window and it's looking out over the city and there's all these lights and, and Dallas is very lit up at night um, I'm just looking out and there's just this vast darkness with just like lights kind of blinking in the distance. I'm like trying to focus on them with my drunken stare and I'm thinking about what exactly it is that I'm doing and how did I get here and I can feel him touching me and there's like whiskey breath on my face and I'm like this is just this is not right and he leans over and he says well that's disappointing And so I start to turn because I'm going to apologize or figure out some way out of this. And I start to turn my neck, and he has passed out. He's gone. I'm like, okay. I don't want to have the conversation, so I don't move. I don't move for the rest of the night. And at some point, I fall asleep. I wake up very, very early in the morning, and I get up. And I'm doing that thing where you're, like, trying to get out of bed without waking somebody up. So you're just, like, doing this slow motion, like, pantomime, getting out of the house. And I don't wake him up. I grab my clothes, and I, I leave out the door, and I'm riding down the elevator. And I'm, like, trying to—I'm I'm doing the, the walk of shame through this massive hotel complex. And there's all these people around that I know, so I'm, like— trying to hide and not let anybody see me and my hair's all crazy fucked up and I know my eyes are all bloodshot and my clothes are all messed up and I have like pancake shit all over my shirt so I'm, I get all the way through the hotel and down the tower through all the restaurants nobody sees me I get through the lobby I get up to my room and my key card won't swipe my key card is dead I'm like god damn it so I gotta go back down to the lobby and I'm standing in this long line and one of my regional people ends up behind me, and I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he goes, Scott, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm, I'm fine, thank you. Um, so he's trying to make small talk, and I'm just desperately embarrassed. So I finally get back up to my room, I get all my stuff, I get on the plane, I go home. I get off the plane, I grab my luggage, and I go outside, and there he is waiting for me to pick me up. 
the amount of hatred that I felt for this person at that moment in time, I, I, I don't know that I can even define. I was, I was so angry that not only was he doing these things to me on every platform available to anyone at that moment in time, and not only could I not go through with it myself because there was some type of weird moral compass inside of me that I didn't even know that I had, the hatred that I felt for this person at that moment in time was literally palpable. Um, and so he says, you know, I, I've, I, I've been waiting for about 20 minutes. And, you know, the first thing out of my mouth is, well, that's interesting. <laughs> and he goes to give me a hug. And he goes, did you get, did you get what you were going there for? And I said, no, unfortunately, I did not. And he looks at me and he says, well, that's disappointing. And I thought, yeah, it is disappointing. Pretty much everything about this situation right now is disappointing. And I promised myself I would go ahead and deal with that situation. And it took me about another four and a half years and an early morning, why do you have a match.com account again conversation. Um, I am still passive-aggressive. I still treat it as a blood sport, but I have learned that there are some things that you are capable of dealing with and some things that you are not. And disappointment in that regard is simply not something even I, with my passive-aggressive, that's perfectly fine. I'm fine with that. Nature cannot handle. So, thank you. That was Scott Rose sharing his story about being cheated. If you think you have a story like this one to share on the stage, or you just want to see people sharing stories like this one on the stage, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and of course, more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell me more live.